Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Life of Riley. I've got a really great episode coming up for you today, but I first just wanted to say hi and check in, see how you guys were doing. The weird thing about podcasting now is like I normally have these really like fun and exciting stories to share with you guys, and I just like don't because I've just been at home. Um, So I really haven't been able to like share anything with you guys. But um, I'm doing well. I'm here. I'm at my parents' house. Things are going fine. Everything's chill. I think I'm going to go back home soon, back to Orange County, just because I feel like my routine is just like totally off. But hopefully my parents will come with me and stay with me for a little bit because I like spending time with them. That's just an update of what's been going on. I wish that I had something more exciting to share with you guys, but legit, I'm at home trying to get abs, trying not to eat too much, trying to finish my schoolwork, and... um. Yeah, like many of you, my I'm graduating in June this quarter with my master's in communication management with an emphasis in marketing, and I'm very excited. But like many of you, the graduation has been um, postponed, I guess. So we were supposed to fly out to Denver for that, but I think that we'll be staying home and I might be graduating with a margarita in my pool, which like, hey, not a bad deal, friends. So if you too have something affected by this COVID thing, I feel you. I get you. We will be okay. And um, yeah, just thinking about you guys. I am recording my podcast remotely from home and I have found it to be a new and kind of cool way to record. I didn't know that that was possible, but that's how I did this interview with Julia and that's how I will continue to be doing interviews during the duration of this social distancing period. So please enjoy. My guest on the podcast today is my friend Julia Schummer, who's an amazing and accomplished author and journalist. She has agreed to come on the podcast today to talk about hard work and tenacity and how it all pays off in the end. She has six published books on Amazon, which is just incredible. She works for the Jim Henson Company currently. She's a contributor for the LA Times. She's also written for MTV, Huffington Post, USA Today, so many amazing outlets. She is just decorated with accolades and accomplishments, but she'll never talk about it. So here I am bragging about her because she's so humble. She has so many words of wisdom to share with you guys, and I'm so excited because as amazing and accomplished as she is, She is even more beautiful and humble and kind. And so I think that that is the most important thing. So let's talk to Julia. Let's get started. Enjoy this episode of The Life of Riley. Hi, Julia. (laughs) Hi, I'm so glad to be on here today. Thank you, Riley. Oh my gosh, Jules, thank you so much for coming on. This is really exciting. This is um, my first time podcasting like remotely or whatever because of the coronavirus. So thank you for bearing with me through our technical setup. So Absolutely. I really appreciate you. Let's just do a check-in. How have you been? What have you been doing during this quarantine period? What's been going on? Definitely. So I've been doing pretty well. I've been taking it kind of day by day, which I feel like is the best thing to do when we're in like a national emergency. Um, I've been, (laughs) you know, it's kind of hard to see what's happening next. I've been trying to do a lot of writing, which has been wonderful. And then I started an Instagram live talk show called Darling Live. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) This is so cool. You're such a boss. This is one of the things I'm so excited to talk to you about today is like your, I think the word I'm looking for is just like initiative or drive or like gumption, gusto, X factor. I don't really know. Je ne sais quoi. Like there's just something about you and it's so endearing and you just like 
go after what you want. And I think it's so boss. So tell the listeners what your Instagram live talk show is about. Absolutely. Yeah. So when the quarantine first happened, I kind of had my whole world get shaken up because, you know, I was out of work. I had a ton of extra free time and I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I started thinking Mm -hmm. about like what inspires me and it's constantly hearing the stories of the people I get to like surround myself with every day, which I'm sure is something you can relate to as well, Riley. Um, Like I started thinking about like how to get people's mind off of like the bad that's going on and how we can use our stories as a force to inspire people during this time. So that's kind of like what inspired Darling Live. It's really just a space for different creators and different artists and dreamers to come together and share what they're working on and what their journey has been like. Oh, you're so cool. I love it. I love it. So I just want to know a little bit about you, about your background, like um, professionally, but also just like personally. Oh, absolutely. So I grew up in a really small town called Norco, California. Um, Mm -hmm. Fun fact, it's where the Disneyland horses now live. We have like a ranch where all the horses live. Uh, which is exciting. Stop. That's so cute. I didn't I know, know that. That's, so that's awesome. Every year, Mickey comes dressed as like a cowboy and helps like usher the parade that we do in our community. Oh, stop. <laughs> that is so cute. It's beyond precious. So I grew up in a really big family. I have five siblings and I'm the second to youngest. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Got a that's big a family. It's honestly like when I think about my childhood, it's kind of ironic that I got into journalism and storytelling because I was really shy growing up. Like I like was constantly like stuck in my shell and I didn't know how to like (laughs) talk like during class presentations. I would literally get so nervous that I would start tearing up, which was my gosh. Are you serious? I talk to people for a living. (laughs) Yes. And you're so good at it. Thank you. I appreciate that. It took a long time to like kind of find my voice and and I don't think I've ever lost that like shyness or or um feeling but I've learned how to manifest it in different ways totally so if you kind of you kind of mentioned this you're a journalist and writing is your passion you love telling stories you're such a good journalist you're such a good writer tell me what part of journalism interests you like is it the writing is it the storytelling like how did you get interested in this and what really interests you that is a really good question um so growing up I loved going to the library in my community like I would spend hours there my dad would like pick me up after school and I would like spend hours just like on the floor reading as many books as I could and so naturally I started thinking about like what my own stories would be one day like what kind of stories I wanted to create and I think that's what I love the most about journalism is that there's literally a story in everything like the stories I would grow up reading were about people that just had were in the right place at the right time and who decided Mm -hmm. to do something purposeful with their life and I looked up to those people and I I knew that like that's something that I wanted to manifest one day it wasn't until I was like in high school where my mom was like maybe you should take writing seriously and maybe you should start pursuing it like professionally at the time I was like kind of scattered and didn't know what I wanted to do when I was about to graduate high school my mom was like maybe you should look into writing and I've kind of been hooked over ever since like I just fell in love with being able to dig deeper into these stories Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I think it's so poignant what you say about like people that 
like find find something in their life and like find a purpose and really go after it and like really do something about it because I feel like that's one of the things um, that I really relate to like with this podcast. Mm-hmm. I wanted people – it's so funny. Like I'm sure you've had this experience where you talk to someone and they're like, oh, I don't have anything to say. Like I don't have anything. I'll invite people on the podcast and they're like, oh, I'm not – I don't know if I have anything to share. Like I don't know if I have a, an angle or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like – that's the whole point. Like everybody has an angle. Like everybody, I've never left a conversation and not learned something new about someone or something I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like it just takes a special person like yourself to be able to find whatever that is about a person. I love that. And I think there's so much truth to that. And it's when we start uncovering like who that person is and what experiences that they have that we kind of like find connections in ourselves and it makes the world feel so much smaller and more connected. Yeah. Oh my God, you're so cool. Okay. What is the coolest story? What stands out in your mind? What's the coolest piece you've ever written? Ooh, oh my goodness. That's a good question. Um, When I was a senior in high school, I got invited to cover the Academy Awards viewing party, which was an event that like Elton John and his foundation put on every year to raise awareness for what he does to like combat AIDS around the world. Uh, Yes, you did, girl. (laughs) And like I was 18 at the time and the red carpet was like huge. Like I did not think Elton John was going to stop for this tiny like outlet. I was writing for Teen at the time and I thought, you know, like if we get an interview, that would be amazing. But I didn't go in like really expecting anything. And he ended up like stopping for us. And I got to like talk to him about the work that he's doing around AIDS and like what that means to him and what are like misconceptions. And I still remember that so clearly because like it meant so much that this person that I looked up to would like stop and talk to me and share their story. That's so cool. (laughs) During the interview, my mom actually like tried to call me on my phone. And I had to like decline her call and then tell her later, like I was in the middle of an interview. She was like, I just wanted to know when you were coming home. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so, that is so funny. I honestly feel like you're, you have to be, and I'm sure you know this, like this probably is a really dumb thing to say, but like you have to be like such a good writer and such a captivating like storyteller to be able to do the kinds of things that you've done in such a short period of time because like you're so young like I I I don't know if you like think that about yourself or you like well like recognize it or whatever but like it's actually insane that like at 18 years old you're writing for Huffington Post teen interviewing (laughs) Elton John on the red carpet do you ever like think about that does it ever hit you like oh my god like this is crazy that I'm covering these sorts of things right now in my life yeah I'm so grateful that I've been able to like do these things. And, and for a long time, it really intimidated me, like being the youngest person on the red carpet and like, you know, like being the personality that I have and like learning how to navigate that in Hollywood. Um, it was really intimidating and really scary for me for a long time. And it kind of pushed me to, to figure out how I can navigate using my personality and using my passion for the stories that I want to tell in a context like Hollywood and to not like back down from that because, when you're on the red carpet, you're surrounded by people that have like 15, 20 years of experience and you're here, you know, barely making it after you got out from school the next day, you know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. No, totally. After school, you know? How did you overcome feeling like, I don't, I feel like we all have feelings of like inadequacy or like 
imposter syndrome, you know? Mm-hmm. How did you overcome that early on? That's a good question. That's something that I'm still navigating every day and every different like yeah. space that I find myself in. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is there came a point where I realized like, I'm not going to be like everybody else in the room because I'm not everybody else in the room. Like I'm Julia and like the way that I ask questions and the way that I tell a story is different than the other person next to me. And that's okay. So for me, I I, like learned how to stop looking at it as like, what is this person doing that I am not doing? And instead looking at like how our stories are like, for one, most outlets are taking two completely different angles anyways. And like, how can I be more supportive instead of being like self-deprecating and wondering like, why am I not like the person next to me, you know? Yes, totally. Oh my God. I love, I love that answer. And I, I feel like, I, I feel like one thing that I, it's so cheesy. Like it actually even feels dumb for me to say out loud, but I I've said it before. It's like the only thing that sets you apart from other people is yourself. Like that's it. Like it, you're, you're, you know, we're all going to be doing jobs the same, you know, one journalist is the same in a job as another journalist or whatever, you know, like everyone is going to have these similarities. And the only thing that's going to make you different is yourself. Like there is no other, Absolutely. you know, whatever that Dr. Seuss is thing, like no one is youer than you or whatever. Like that's oh, it. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> thing that we have, you know? And I feel like when people can harness that, it's, it's your best tool because it will always, without a doubt, separate you from the crowd. Absolutely. I, I love that so much. And it like actually happened like earlier in my career where like one of the things I was most insecure about was like the fact that I wear glasses because uh, if you look in Hollywood, not a lot of people do wear glasses. And like, it is, it's such a small, tiny thing to be insecure about, but it was something that like when you're 18 and on the red carpet, you're like, why am I the one wearing glasses and no one else is, you know, I was so insecure about it. But then At the American, I think it was the American Music Awards in 2017, there was an outlet that was Time for Kids, like Time Magazine for Kids. And they came up to me and they were like, thank you. You know, like you're like, you started so young. Like we were just talking about our journeys and she was like so encouraged by it. She must've been like 15 or 16. So it's like crazy the things that like I was so insecure about ended up empowering another person. Which was crazy. I never Absolutely. Saw Hollywood can sometimes be such a superficial, um, potentially damaging, potentially misleading kind of like um, an arena. And like, how do you navigate wholesome, meaningful messages amongst all of that? Um, I think in navigating Hollywood and like finding a positive light, like it's hard. Like they can be, there can be a lot of negativity in Hollywood and especially like some of the stories that we're asked to cover. It's like, do we, like, is right. this really news? Like, is this why I'm, like, getting right. my degree in communications? Um, yeah. Yeah, like, is this what it comes down to? So I feel like, for me, I always try to think about how my interview questions can bring out light in someone and how it can inspire them to, like, show a different side of themselves than what, they've been doing all the way down the red carpet line. So for example, like I started um, asking, like when I was just starting, I like looked up frequently asked questions on the red carpet. And one of them was like, who are you wearing? Like, and it was a 
innocent question of like, what designer are you wearing? And then I started realizing like, no, like they are an accomplished performer, actress, writer, whatever they're doing. I'm not going to focus on like what they're wearing. Um, So I started asking questions more about like, how are you doing? And like, how are you like, what causes do you use your platform to represent? And questions like that to kind of get more to the hard hitting questions of like, not just the art that they make, but why they make it and what's it for, you know? Yeah, so, totally. It's a constant. I love that. Thank you. It's a constantly like evolving industry. And I think that while it energizes a lot of people, it can also be a very jaded environment of, mm-hmm. of navigating all of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. It, it honestly, I feel like it's such a, um, I don't know. It sounds like such a first world kind of like a complaint, but it's like mm-hmm. in being in the entertainment industry, like, and not even that I want to necessarily get out of the entertainment industry. Cause like, I would love to interview people for the rest of my life like this, you yeah. know, like, and, and this is in an entertainment kind of a category, like a podcast or whatever. Like, it's not that I'm against entertainment industry at all. It's just like, it sometimes feels like, okay, like what, like what, what is the good? Like, what is the difference that we're making? And I feel like it's so empowering when you do interviews and you change a question from like, what are you wearing to like, what do you care about? Like, it's things like that, that make the difference of pulling meaning out of something that can very quickly turn into just like a, you know, like, I don't know what you would even call it, but like a gab fest about unimportant things. I I just appreciate as a consumer of like entertainment and of media, I appreciate people like you that like enrich the content and don't make it just fluff, you know? Thank you. Yeah. And I think it all stemmed from thinking about the people that inspire me and all of the people in media, like mm-hmm. media, uh, like Mindy Kaling, for example, she didn't see anything that she felt represented in. So she was empowered to kind of create her own brand for herself and to like put herself in roles that weren't available yet. So for me, I I try to think about that of like, if I don't see the kind of news and kind of media landscape that I want, what can I be doing to create that or at least put a step forward towards that? So I totally, a lot of, yeah, a lot of it's just thinking about my inspirations and how they paved the way in their own space and how I can bring that energy to journalism. You mentioned Mindy Kaling, um, but who, who are some of the other people that really inspire you? Oh my goodness. There's so many. Um, one of them in particular is Barbara Walters. I love her. And I think that she's so inspiring to be like the first woman on like a talk show and like to lead the way of, of investigative journalism too. Like she didn't, think about like how she can minimize her content down. She like goes straight forward towards the issues. And I think that she's so wonderful. Yeah, I'm also really inspired by other journalists. Like Malala is like a huge inspiration for me. I read her book when I was, I think like in the eighth grade and about how she stands for education. And for me, like my first dream was to go into like education policy. So I try to like bring her fearlessness to interviews. Yeah, crazy, right? That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's so cool. Do you still have an interest in like education policy and stuff? Do you think you would ever combine? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a passion of mine is still education policy, but maybe in a different form. Like I would love to like one day teach journalism or 
somehow empower schools to have more journalism curriculum. That was a huge yeah. issue when I was trying to apply for colleges is that not a lot of schools offer like journalism specific programs. So totally. like that's like a huge dream of mine to like try to bring more journalism curriculum into universities. I could totally see you combining your your raw talents of like journalism and people skills and communication storytelling with like, you know, the more like cerebral side of like, you know, very like I don't know, like almost like law or something. It's something it, I I actually feel like it's a very natural um combination like when I was interested I'm like currently studying for the LSAT and I'm really interested in law but like but like combining my love for people with law do you know what I mean like doing it because I like people's stories and I like talking to people and helping people and I just I totally see that in you too like this like I don't know. I think it's very cool. Like very Elle Woodsy. Yeah. I think a lot of people associate law and policy with being like impersonal, but you have to have a love for your community and a love for people in order to do that. Yes. <laughs> You're so cool. Oh my God. I love it. You are. You are literally Elle Woods taking your LSAT and being yeah. ready for law school. That's awesome. So one thing that like, this is like a very like small thing, but I, I have to ask you about it. Let's talk about like tenacity. Okay. And continually going after what you want. I am absolutely blown away by your work ethic. It boggles my mind like how what a hard worker you are. And I think it is Thank so you. admirable. And I think that one thing that I always say I've said it on the podcast before, but one thing I always tell people is like showing up and doing the work is half the battle because most people aren't willing to do the work. So like if you're just willing to to do it and show up you're already so far ahead of the game and you are the queen of showing up and doing the work. And I just like, I want to know like, where does that come from? You're so intrinsically motivated. It's like totally inspiring. Where does that come from? Where does your, where does your drive and your work ethic come from? That is a really good question. Um, I think a lot of my work ethic is inspired by my dad. So growing up, my dad worked nights, but he worked at home. So I got to spend my chances to like hang out with him was spent like late night and like we'd work on homework together and like different journalism articles. That was kind of like our bonding time. Yeah. Um, which was really special to me. And it kind of created like my dad is just a constant encouragement to me for my dreams. Like I'll tell right. him like, hey, dad, I want to do this. And he'd be like, he always finds ways to like add to my dream and like make me recognize things that I didn't see in myself. So For example, I'd be like, hey, dad, like, I think I want to write a poetry collection. And he'd be like, oh, what about like a whole volume or something like that? Like he always thinks of ways to kind of like push me even further than what I thought I was going to go. I love that. I think that's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like we all we all need one of those kinds of people in our lives, you know, someone that'll push us and believe in us, too. That's so big. It's just like having someone to believe in you. Absolutely. And it means so much to me. Like you will go into LA for like 20 hours. Like your days are so long. Like you'll go all the way into LA and then you'll spend all day there and then you got to come all the way back. Like that's exhausting. (laughs) You ever just get like tired? Like how do you, how do you keep going? How do you not just throw in the towel? I, yeah, I think tiredness and burnout is something that can be so real, especially in this industry. When this semester I had the chance to intern in LA and since I don't have a car, I would literally have to take a three hour route to and from 
using public transportation. So like using the train, using the bus, using the metro. And it like, yeah. to be it's honest, like, like, what the heck? It felt a little crazy. Like <laughs> I would leave my house at like 5 a.m. and not get back until about like 9 p.m. and then have to do homework for my classes. Like, and I think what helped like preserve that spark in me was like recognizing when I was tired. Um, sometimes it can be really easy to like not admit that you're like having a bad day or that you're really tired or you just need a nap and you just try to keep going and that burns you out even more. So I think for me, like yeah. knowing when to say like, I'm tired and I need a break and I need to like unplug from the world right now has been really helpful for me because I think saying it is the hardest thing. <laughs> Gotta like lower your totally. mind a little bit. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's such a mature way of thinking too. Like being able to really call out and recognize when you're just a little like burning the candle on both ends, as they say. Absolutely. And I think going back to my dad again, he really helped me navigate that too, because every Tuesday night of that semester, we would like make it a plan to like go out and like get dinner and like do something fun. So for me, that was something that I always had to look forward to. Um, and that kind of helped preserve myself throughout the week. I'm like, oh, I get to get dinner with my dad today. You know, it was always special to me. Oh my gosh, that is so (laughs) sweet. I love that. I feel like it's the little things. I mean, I just, it's like, it's really amazing to me. I mean, especially like, for example, like your commute into LA, that is the definition of like grinding. You know what I mean? Like that really is it. And I feel like when you're, when you have your own, like, media company and you're doing these things in 20 years and like time magazine is interviewing you and they're asking like you're going to talk about when you were young and you rode the train for three hours each way into LA you know what like that's that is so cool I mean it's not cool like no one likes to commute like that but it's (laughs) it really is inspiring because I mean I'm sure you know this but like 99.9 percent of people would not be willing to do it and they would miss out on that opportunity. Yeah, I think what makes me passionate is that knowing that there's still that like one, like that 0.1% of people and I want to be an encouragement to them too to like keep going and that they're not alone because sometimes like when you're grinding and when you're hustling and you're dreaming these really big dreams, it can be kind of like lonely and it can kind of feel like you're the only person like pushing for these things. But I hope, you know, like one day to like be able to use this like story of my crazy commute or like the crazy things I I did in high school to like hopefully encourage someone that might be considering a similar path, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think you're a huge inspiration to so many people, including myself. Um, So absolutely. I totally see that for you. What are your big, what are your like big pie in the sky hopes and dreams and goals in the coming like weeks or months or years or whatever? So (laughs) definitely still contributing for different outlets as well as like growing Darling Live. Like I would love to kind of take it as like a long-term project. At first it just started as like a passion project, something that I was doing to like pass the time. And I was like, I really like this. Like, I want to keep going and keep seeing where it leads me. Um, I'm Absolutely. also working on a children's book right now, which I'm super excited about because I've never written a children's book before. So I, it's been like a really learning process for me and I'm really excited about it. That is so cool. Oh my <laughs> God. You're literally writing a children's book. You're so cool. Thank you're you. So cool. 
Oh my god, writing I a love children's that. book is so different though because I feel like I write like <laughs> very like long drawn out sentences, and for children's books, you know, like their attention span is so short that I have to like learn how to write in a completely different style. <laughs> Right. Oh my gosh. Well, you're certainly you're certainly up for the challenge. I'm sure you're such a talented writer. That's oh, awesome. Thank you. What are the next few like uh, on a really practical note? Like, what are the next few months looking like for you as far as like writing and working? Like, is this quarantine affecting that? Absolutely. Yeah. So, as you know, <laughs> I work at Disneyland with you. Um, yay! Yay! We love Disneyland. Um, love as Disney. a con- continues to be closed um I still have a lot of like free time on my hands um so I'm continuing through school I'm hoping to graduate in January which I'm really excited about um and congratulations thank you it's been a long journey I've been in school for five years now and I'm very excited to graduate um oh I'm excited for you that's awesome Thank you. Um, beyond that, um, I'm looking into applying for a master's program and making the big and scary move to New York City. That's like my big dream, my big Oh, plan. my God. That's so <laughs> cool. I love that. Thank you. Now, do you – is there like a particular like – is there like a particular like job or company in New York you want to work for or you just want to like be in New York? My biggest dream ever is to do like the NBC page program. So – Oh my god. Yes. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's like a huge dream of mine. I went to New York in January and I like did the NBC studio tour and I literally like got chills in the Rockefeller building. I was like this is like exactly where I want to be like in, a, in the studio where everything happens. Like I don't know. I just felt like – like that movie moment where they're like, this is where you need to be. And it was yes, Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so cool. Oh, you're totally going to, Oh my God. We're going to have to have you back on when you get the page program and then your page. Oh my God. That's so cool. That's so cool, Jules. I love that. You're the coolest. I'm so glad I get to be on here. (laughs) No, it's so fun. And one of the things, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I wanted to be able to bring people on that were inspiring, but were also relatable because I feel like a lot of the podcasts I listen to, I love like Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard, for example. And I yes. love – isn't it the best? He's so cool. So and Monica. I love Monica. Um, love but I love I love when they interview celebrities, right? Like that's so fun to hear like Ashton Kutcher's rise to fame. So cool. But the problem is like Ashton Kutcher is Ashton Kutcher, right? And so it feels just like eons away. And it's like that's not attainable. It just feels like he, you're going from like step one to step 500. And what I love Absolutely. about you when you talk about your journey is like, I mean, I'm I'm amazed. I don't think that I could, you know, do a, a three-hour commuter, be as talented of a writer as you are, or write a children's book. I don't think I could do that. But definitely like there are things about what you say that I can take out and like actually implement into my life. You know what I mean? Like I love you. how you break down for people because not everyone, not everyone can be Julia, right? But like we can try. Like we can like make small steps to be more like you, you know? <laughs> like I can work a little bit harder. I can get up a little bit earlier. I can like practice whatever, like my writing or, you know, I just, I love that about you. I think that you make it so just relatable. I just love, I love when you talk about this kind of stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And like, I don't know, I feel like I'm still like learning and figuring it out every single day. Like having started when I was 18, like I had no idea what I was doing. I would literally record interviews on my flip phone and (laughs) 
and like have to make it back before a certain time so I could do my like AP homework like stuff like that like I'm still figuring it out along the way like um and I think that's what makes like just being alive and being human so exciting is that no matter like how hard you work or or what you're doing or what experiences you gather, there's still more experiences to have and more stories to write. And I think that is what makes it so exciting and thrilling and different each day. You know? That was such a good soundbite. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you. That was so cool. I love that. Okay. (laughs) I have, I have one final question. What is your best piece of advice for somebody listening that wants to, uh, let me be articulate, that wants to pursue their passion and and follow their dreams and really go after something that feels scary? What's your advice? My best advice is to kind of lean into that and use it, use your passion and use where you want to be as a fuel to reach out to people that you might not think you'll ever get a response from. So 99% of my career is built on just cold calling people and emailing people and going out on a whim to see if they'll say yes. And granted, like a lot of the time it's a no, but for those yeses, those yeses have changed my life and opened doors that I would never imagine opening, you know, like getting that email, like you're going to college or getting that email and saying like, I don't know, like we're confirmed for an interview or something like it's always like informed the next experience and always led into the next adventure. So I would say just kind of take that risk of, of reaching out to people. People are more willing to support you than what you might think. Um, and yes. You, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So if you just kind of like take that initiative and go out on a whim, you'll be surprised on like what happens and, and what you might make out of it. Oh my God, you're so cool. That's so badass. Yeah, Thank you. No, I agree with that. I mean, I've only done that a few times, but that's, um, it, it's kind of a similar thing. I tell people, they'll be like, oh, how did you get that internship or how'd you do that? It's hardly ever because I apply like a formal yeah. application. Like it's usually because I've like dead ass asked for it and, Absolutely. and like kind of give it, no, I mean, obviously you have to like have some, some thing to back it up. Like you can't just be asking yeah. for stuff, but, um, most of the stuff that's happened, it's not really because of a formal application. It's just because I've, I've asked. Yeah, exactly. I try to dedicate like maybe like an hour a week to kind of like researching things that I want to get involved with and finding out the people that are already involved with those. And it amazes yeah. me on what people will respond with. Like sometimes it's a no and sometimes it's like a late, like a reach out later. But like most of the time, totally. it's, they're willing to invite you into their world and tell you like what it takes to be in that field. Oh, that's so you're literally I'm <laughs> literally um, just earlier today, I was drafting an email. I'm sending one of my episodes of the podcast to Monica and Dax at Armchair Expert, literally oh just God. to send it to them and be like this. You guys inspire me like I would love to just watch you guys record an episode or whatever you know like yes, no one really. they're not, they're not going to respond but like it literally is just like whatever like they're it's it's going to be a for sure no if you don't ask absolutely I love that and I I hope that they respond and like give you the most mind-blowing response ever because you deserve it <laughs> oh my that god you're amazing. so cool that's such good advice it's honestly so bold and smart and I don't know. I just, I love that advice. It really is. It's key. 
And that's what sets you apart. That's what that's what has put you in a different league amongst others mm-hmm. is because you're willing to put yourself out there and ask the big questions and because you have such kick-ass qualifications to support your requests. <laughs> Thank and like you. that's really special too. And what's exciting too is that we're in like the perfect time to do it. Like like producers, writers, publicists, they have a lot of free time on their hands now. Like they're responding to emails faster than what they probably ever had time to respond to because we're all stuck at home. So even just like sending a recent article and asking for feedback from like an editor at a publication you've always wanted to write for, like, you know, like it's things like that, that like people now more than ever have the time to potentially support. So it's, it's yes. a great advantage. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. It's really making lemonade out of lemons. Oh my gosh, Julia, I cannot thank you enough. You're so like wise beyond your years. You're so cool. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Like you can continually like be are someone that like inspires me. So like, thank you. That is so sweet. I cannot tell you how deeply I reciprocate that sentiment. I mean, truly, this has been This has been so cool. And I I love your advice. I think you're so spot on. I think you're really inspiring. I love your positive attitude. I love that you see – I love your sense of gratitude for your life and everything, even when things are hard. I I see that in you. And I just – I like so respect – I so respect that about you. I think you're like – your positivity is – radiant and totally contagious oh thank you Riley I really appreciate it and thank you again for this opportunity to kind of share more of my story here and like to hear from you I really appreciate it yes oh my gosh well please come back soon and let's do this again and I I just I totally love you Julia thank you so much talk to you soon all right bye thank you hi Jules thank you so much for listening to that episode of the life of Riley I really hope you enjoyed it please don't forget to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you choose to listen. It really helps the podcast out and it really helps me out. Okay. I love you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your week and I will see you next time on The Life of Riley. (laughs)